0: Everybody get lots of presents for Christmas? Maybe that's what all the excitement's about. I'm not very loud? Okay, well, welcome to Country Christian. Uh, Let's open with a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you that we can all be here today. We just thank you for your Holy Spirit that speaks to us, Lord, and teaches us, and thank you for your word. Um, Thank you for the opportunity to worship you, and Lord, just guide our service today. We pray in your name, amen. So uh, yesterday was Christmas Day, and a lot of you celebrated um, by opening presents and, you know, exchanging gifts and... And, um, in fact, I got a new pair of socks that I'm wearing that they're very comfortable. I like them yeah, Christmas presents so but you know, um sometimes at Christmas time, you kind of you kind of like you you got you know some really good things, but you kind of think, well, I kind of really wanted this, you know, Have you ever had that happen, you know you Kind of expected or maybe hoped to get something, and, but you didn't really get that. You got something else. And, you know, I don't know if anybody has that feeling, but, you know, once in a while. Um, and, and I have to, I have to admit, I, I did want something different for Christmas besides the socks. And um, my wife can verify this. I wanted a BB gun. Not a Red Rider, just, you know, a BB gun, but anyway, um, sometimes you don't get exactly what you want, but that's okay, you know, it's, it's, you, you, but you know that feeling, and, and the problem is is sometimes we can miss what's most important, because we get distracted, and um, I don't want us to do that, so... Got a couple of verses I want to share with you. The first one is um, when Jesus comes into Jerusalem, uh, this is, you know, toward the end of his his time here on earth, you know, when, as a man, and he comes into Jerusalem, and he's riding on a donkey, and, and what's interesting about this whole event was there are lots of times when people wanted to you know, crown him as king and take him away, but he always slipped away. He always, he wouldn't let him do it, but he did it on this day. In fact, he arranged it. He had, you know, go get the donkey, and, you know, he's, he set it all up, and the reason he did that is because this very day was predicted in Scripture, and and God is very specific about fulfilling what he says and doing what he says. So, Anyway, um, he's coming into Jerusalem, and he's riding on the donkey. People are worshiping him, and he says some very profound things. So um, let's look at that. As Jesus came near Jerusalem, he saw the city, and he cried for it, saying, I wish you knew today what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from you. The time is coming when your enemies will build a wall around you and will hold you in on all sides. They will destroy you and all your people, and not one stone will be left on another. All this will happen because you did not recognize the time when God came to save you. Those are chilling words. I mean... And what's what's really amazing is 37 years later, this very thing happened. The the Romans built these ramparts around Jerusalem and they, you know, besieged the city and they killed a million people, and you know, the Jews were slaughtered basically, and the, the city was just destroyed, just like Jesus said. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a real chilling thought, and it came to pass. But now I want to go, kind of go back to when Jesus was born and, and talk about uh, another man who, and, and I have to give credit to um, Ryan Orozco, my son-in-law, who he pointed this out to me recently, and um, a, a story to kind of, balance out what we just heard so this is you know jesus is born and uh they took him and you know he was circumcised on the eighth day and then like 40 days after he was born you would take your your firstborn son to the temple and you would redeem him with an offering and it mentions two doves so um they were they were rather poor and they could only afford two doves rather than a lamb Joseph and Mary. So, anyway, um, something happens while they're at the temple, and it's, uh, there's a man named Simeon there. So, let's read about that. This is Luke 2, uh, starting verse 25. In Jerusalem lived a man named Simeon who was a good man and godly. He was waiting for the time when God would take away Israel's sorrow. And the Holy Spirit was in him. That's a key thing there. The Holy Spirit was in Simeon. Simeon had been told by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he saw Christ promised by the Lord. He saw the Christ promised by the Lord. The Spirit led Simeon to the temple. When Mary and Joseph brought the baby Jesus to the temple... What, and, and to do what the law said they must do, Simeon took the baby in his arms and thanked God. Now, Lord, you can let me, your servant, die in peace, as you said. With my own eyes, I have seen your salvation, which you prepared for all people. It is a light for the non-Jewish people To see and an honor for your people, the Israelites. So, what's amazing about this is, okay, Jesus is just a baby, you know, and he wasn't anything like anybody expected the Messiah to be. He wasn't a political; he was just a baby, you know, just an insignificant from a very poor family, coming to the the synagogue, offering their two doves. You know, it's just very insignificant. But the Holy Spirit was with him, and he recognized that this baby was the Savior of the world. And he held him in his arms. And not only did he recognize he was the Savior of the world, he knew that he had come, not just for the Jews, but for the Gentiles, too. He was a Savior for everyone. And... You know, there was some scripture. He could have maybe known that from the Bible, but he was listening to the Holy Spirit too. And what a powerful thing. So I just didn't want any of us to miss what Christmas is all about. So uh, let's uh, pray again, and I'll invite the worship team to come. Lord, we just thank you that um, you came in a way we didn't expect And you came to save the entire world, Lord, and to redeem all of us. And Lord, I just pray that we wouldn't miss it, that we wouldn't be like Jerusalem that missed their Savior coming. Help us to recognize it, Lord, and help us to um, be redeemed to you through your sacrifice. We pray in
1: your name, amen. So it's neat to be back. uh, The scripture I'm reading today. You know, that we're starting a new year here, 2022, and my wife says I'm optimistic, but I, I look at 2022 as opportunity. It is opportunity for the believer to share your faith with people in need of it, because it's going to start dividing here really suddenly, as already, that you're going to know who knows Jesus and who isn't depending on him. And here's your opportunity to reach out to people around you and share what your hope is. You kind of know me, and if we have any time left at the end, I'm going to leave it open for you to share your love for Jesus, if we have time. Maybe not. I'm not sure. We'll see. Half an hour. I'm going to read Hebrews chapter 3 and chapter 4. It sounds like two chapters. It's not very long. It's all on one page in my Bible. But just to kind of set kind of where I was thinking of Today. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him who appointed him as Moses also was faithful in all his house. For this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who built the house was more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but he who built all things is God." And Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which would be spoken afterward. But Christ is a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, in the day of trial in the wilderness... When your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works forty years, therefore I was angry with that generation, and said they, they always go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways, so I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin." For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who, having heard, rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt, led by Moses? Now with whom was he angry forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness, or to whom he did not did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Chapter 4, therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we who have believed do enter that rest, as he has said. So I swear to in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way. And God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this place, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains that some must enter in, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience. Again he designates a certain day saying in David today after such a long time as it has been said today if you will hear his voice do not harden your hearts for if Joshua had given them rest then he would not afterward have spoken of another day there remains therefore a rest for the people of God for he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his verse 11 let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest let Let anyone, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of the Lord is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Seeing then that we have a high priest, Who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God? Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let's pray. Loving Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that we might get a little, a little hold of it, Lord, to what you were trying to explain here. Just guide us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I, I, my prayer is for all of us, whatever season of life you happen to be in, and my prayer is that you might be free to walk in your purpose and walk in your faith. Be able to take advantage of the opportunities that are going to come just this next year. You're going to have opportunities. You know, I, I, uh, I know that life is not always trouble-free, but we can have a connection with God that can give us hope. We can have a connection. You know, I, I, I remember when I was spraying. Like I, do, I used to do aerial spraying. And I remember when I was spraying, I was concentrating. You know, flying the airplane, you're flying kind of low to the ground. So you're concentrating on several things. One is not to hit the ground. The other is to... Uh, um, Do a good job. You're trying to spray and not miss anything. You know, they got GPS now. Everybody uses it. It's a little more obvious if you have missed something. But you're concentrating on missing everything. And I remember remember pulling up one time, and all of a sudden, that airplane sputtered. It just sputtered a little bit. But I tell you, when that airplane sputtered, I lost confidence. I lost confidence big time. And I had a very difficult time continuing on doing a good job. I had to go back and figure out what in the world is wrong with this thing before I could build confidence. And if I couldn't find anything, I couldn't build confidence. When I found the problem, it was a foul plug, something. mag was popping a bit. But you corrected it, and then you could start building your confidence back up and go ahead and do your, the work that you were supposed to be doing. And just last week, we were going down to Oregon. I just had my, my wannabe pickup. Joel thinks it's a wannabe pickup. It's an avalanche. Um, but uh, I just had it, the transmission redone, and uh, it, was doing, it was doing pretty good. And we took it down to Oregon to see Verl and, and, and Louise. Um, but anyway, we were going at 65 miles an hour. I had the cruise control on, and all of a sudden, it just pops out of gear. One, you know. Well, my confidence. <laughs> so now you have to kind of baby this thing. You can't really put it in cruise. you got to kind of, you know, and did it a couple times coming back, and then it started making a crazy noise, and it's back into the transmission place again. But anyway, you know, can you, I hope you're going to get a grasp of what my comparison is here. You know, it's kind of like with people. You know, it takes us a long time to build trust with people, and it takes you about two seconds to break it. It takes about two seconds to break it, and all of a sudden, when it is broken, your relationship starts to tense up, and you can't be free to have a really nice relationship with that person because your trust is broken, and it takes a while to build it back. You know, I think that's the same way with our God. You know, we're rolling along here, and we got, we got things going good in our life, and we're just saying, God is good all the time, and, and all of a sudden, something crazy happens, Maybe someone gets sick, maybe somebody dies, maybe you lose your job. Something happens and all of a sudden your expectation of your prayer doesn't get answered in the timing you think it is and you start losing a little bit of trust in God. Just a little bit. I'll tell you, it takes a really toll on your relationship. And we're going along here as Christians and opportunities are flashing in our face to maybe stand up for who God is in our life. But that little mistrust slows us down we start missing the opportunities we start not seeing them because I'm not sure if I can quite put my whole trust in this God that I've decided to serve I tell you if you happen to find yourself in that place you know God has given us a lot of tools to keep us out of that area but sometimes as human beings we find ourselves in that place again We're in that place where we're just just a little bit, not much, I still serve God, I'm still going to heaven, I still believe in Jesus, but I just don't know for sure if I quite got the confidence I used to have. You don't have to live like that. That's what the beauty of the cross is all about, the beauty of the baby in the manger of the cross, forgiveness, that's what it's for. We don't have to live in that messed up, mistrust with our God we can be free you know our God can be trusted if you've read the word at all he is faithful and we'll all say that and we sing about it and everything but the stresses of life come along and trying to ruin that relationship you know I want to live free I want to be free you no, I'm not perfect, and you can't live trouble-free. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about having an open communication with God all the time. And I'll tell you, it takes work. It takes repentance. It takes forgiveness. It takes humbleness to get back in this relationship that maybe you once thought you had. But I don't want to miss anything because this body, this church... All the churches that are meeting today are there for a purpose. They're to express the love of Jesus, share the plan of salvation. And the only thing that keeps us oftentimes is because I'm not sure if I can step out on this limb for my God because he might cut it off. Anyway, that's where I'm going. I think we find ourselves in that place once in a while. If our trust is lost, we can't quite be up to par, if you know what that is. If you're a golfer, maybe that's where that fits. He can be trusted. Matthew 11, 25 to 30. I didn't give this to the one in the back, but you know this already. It says, come to me, all you who, are labor, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He calls us for that. That's a familiar verse. I like it. It's very soothing. His burden is light because he knows that our burdens aren't light. And he wants us to give them to him. There's all kinds of burdens that approach the Christian person, the one that has saved, the one that is going to spend eternity with Jesus There's burdens that we carry around, and all it can do is hinder our walk with Him. Some of these burdens are demands of people. Some of these burdens are demands of religion. You know that. If you were raised in religion, you understand what I'm talking about. And some of them are oppression and persecution, and some of them are just a weariness in trying to search for God. I run onto people down in Arizona once in a while that are searching hard for God. Some of them have, have been studied in God, in the Scripture, and then they turned away from it. It's interesting, the different approaches. We were talking about this morning a little bit. You know, through the Bible, Jesus had different approaches to different people, where they're at in their walk. rest Jesus promises. What is that? Love, healing, peace with God? I don't think he's saying that you're going to rest from all your labor, from all your physical work. I don't think he's talking about. You're going to work. Hey, if you're going to live on this earth, you're going to work. Sorry. That's how it is. I don't think that he's talking about. He's talking about a rest for your soul. Another thing, everything is okay. I'm at peace with God. It is well with my soul. We sing that a lot. Is that true? Inside, are we at peace enough to say, I am going to trust God. If I get the opportunity, I'm going to share with people what the hope is within me. A relationship with God changes meaningless, wearisome toil into spiritual productivity and purpose. I had to write that down because I couldn't remember them words I was going to use. It turns it into a spiritual productivity and purpose. If people are going to hear about Jesus and they don't hear it from you, where are they going to hear it from? I know the Holy Spirit is miraculous. He can... Speak directly to people, but oftentimes it comes through God's people. I want to be free to be able to do that. Like I said before, it's not all about just making it to heaven. You accept Jesus as your personal Savior, you ask Him to forgive your sins. That one time, I believe you're written down in the book of life. I believe so. I tell you, we got a life to live here. We got a life to live. I'm not going to sit around here and twiddle my tongues and wait to go to heaven. It's a boring life if that's what you're waiting on. Because we win. We know we're going to go. We know it's going to be great. But we got some life to live here yet. And I want to live it to the fullest. And how am I going to live that to the fullest unless I have a clear communication with God? Why do they say when you fall into sin, what's the first thing you do? You make it right with your God first. So he gives you the direction to go make it right with people. You get this mixed up here and you go to try and make it right with people on your own. You're going to just get deeper. You're just going to stick your foot in your mouth so many times. Get the relationship with God open so you are free to deal with people. Hebrews 3.19, I read that in the reading. It says, unbelief keeps us from entering into this rest. You know, we are growing up as we are, a lot of us were, have grown up as Christians. You were brought to church, carrying you when you were born, and you don't know anything different. Some of you have accepted Jesus later in life. I don't know where you're all at with that. So, some of us that have been brought to church, sometimes we feel maybe we didn't sin a lot. But you know, the sin of unbelief is a sin. Just to not believe that Jesus is who he said he was. Just to not believe that he can do what he said he said He could do. Not to believe that he accomplished what he did is unbelief, and that is sin. And that separates us from a holy God. And all of a sudden we find ourselves trying to figure out, why don't things work for me? I just feel like I'm apart from God. I don't know what's going on. You know what I think? Nine times out of ten, it's because of unbelief. We've got a little mistrust in there about God. I'm just not sure, God, if you got my best interest. I mean, my brother died. My cousin's about ready to die. And they're not that old yet. And I'm just not sure, Lord, if you know what you're doing or not. That kind of stuff. The enemy is watching us, and he thinks he's going to get us on them, on them things. I'll tell you something. God knows best. God has a plan. And when we get to eternity, I think we're going to look at ourselves and think, I don't think we're going to think we're foolish then, but if we could, we're going to think we were sure foolish to worry about some issue like that when eternity is this big and this life was that big. We're living through this little part of life right now, but it's going to determine where eternity lies. I believe that. But right now, it's really hard to see past this right here. You know, things are bad. You know, our country's falling apart. Uh, God, are you sure you know what you're doing? And I guess I have to believe that God says, it didn't catch me off guard. I'm afraid it's what's happening. We're getting, our country as a whole is probably getting what it deserves. I'm afraid that's what's happening. But I'll tell you, his people, he cares for them. He's got a plan for us. And we get to enter into his rest. I don't care what Biden says. We can enter into his rest. And there's peace that passes all understanding in this kind of a life. I want to be that kind of person I'm thriving to. I'm human just like you are, but I am thriving. And there is times in life I feel so at peace with God. Other times I'm, what'd you do that for, God? But he gave us the tools that we can continue to draw back to him. And I think a lot of it comes to, has to do with professing him out verbally to where I can hear Dwight say Jesus is my Lord and my Savior and I'm going to walk with him no matter what I think we need to hear ourselves say that stuff like that is what keeps us this relationship open and then people will say what in the world where do you get this hope you're living in and guess what he says don't forget to let people know of the reasons of the hope that is in you. It takes a confidence and belief in the Lord's promises along with faith. This is a faith walk. There's a guy in Arizona trying to, he said, you just got to prove it to me. If you could just prove it to him, I'm looking for 13 years trying to figure out some truth. You prove it to me why your belief is any better than Hindu or Hoodoo or... Buddha or hoodoo, that's a ski resort. <laughs> ski resort in Oregon. <laughs> Sound like Hindu though. I said, I believe what this says. If someone don't believe what this says, I'm not sure except for just saying it works for me. Tell me how that whatever you're choosing is working for you. Because this is working for me. And I want to live it and I want them to see that. And I know that's what your desire is too. I know that when we get to heaven, there's, there's going to be the real rest. Probably we don't even have to work. I don't know. I suppose we'll have something for us to do. I don't know. I can't imagine sitting in my big fancy mansion they built for me, just sitting there doing nothing. All I can imagine is the stars in the universe out there, and they're created for some reason, and I would just try to imagine that I get to go explore them. I don't know. It's going to be exciting, but right for right now, I'm here. And I'm supposed to take as many people with me as I can. That's my purpose. And to serve him and to honor and glorify him. I'm just wondering, can I walk in a trust in my Lord to be able to say, like Job did, he got to the point where he says, if you slay me, I will still trust in you. Are you at that point? Are you at that point where you can say, if you slay me, I will still trust in you? I want to be there. I think I am. I think I am. I've got life pretty easy, though. So do I? I don't know. I've had things happen in my life. They've come. It's not like life was so trouble-free for me. But I'm enjoying life. And I think you guys are, too. I haven't seen anybody starving here yet. Or maybe, maybe can you say, as in Daniel 3, 17 and 18, I'm going to read it right out of here. Remember the three Hebrew children? They get to this point and they say, Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. And the next sentence here. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. This is what I would like to happen and this is what I know can happen but if for some reason God has a different plan I'm still going to serve him. I'm still going to serve him. Have we come to that place in our life? I've got one more scripture to read. It's found in Matthew 7 and Luke 11. I didn't put that on the board either. Sorry about that. If you want to put Luke 11, 9 to 13, you can. If you see how fast you are, Jesus said these words. You know, we get to a place, we don't know what to do, we're kind of struggling, but, but, but I'm in, but this situation, but I'm, everybody got lots of ands and buts. So I say to you and to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And if you haven't been introduced to the Holy Spirit, it's the third part of God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And my, according to my scripture, that Holy Spirit comes and dwells inside of you for the asking. The Spirit of God is God. Just like Jesus is God, just like God the Father is God. He's living right inside of you. But sometimes, even though I ask Him to come and live inside of me, I've got this Spirit of my own. And it fights against the Spirit of God. It's crazy that they can both dwell in the same body and not be one. But it takes a yielding to that Spirit to be able to say, take Holy Spirit, you direct my life. You give me direction. You help me understand this freedom in Christ that I can have. It's available. I just read it. Ask. It's part of the Christian walk. If you're trying to operate without it, you're kind of operating without plugging your motor in. You've heard of that before in a lot of different cases. You heard about the guy with the chainsaw, you know, trying to compete with the guy with the ax, came with this chainsaw. He says, this thing can cut down more trees than you can cut down in a year with that ax in one day. Oh, I can't. So he gives it to him, and the guy tries it. He tries to chop with the chainsaw, and he says, no, 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 no. he starts it up, and he says, what's that noise? If you don't hook in to the power, you're just going to be dead in the water. You can't accomplish all these promises that God gives us. But get the power going inside of your life. Let the Holy Spirit give you direction. I'll tell you, you can accomplish what I've been reading about right here. I'm in the same boat you are. My prayer for everyone here is that you're free to walk with God and fulfill the purpose he has for you. You can walk and you can be free. You can tell people about Jesus You can talk about his love in the midst of a world that we have right now. 2022 is going to be a year of opportunity for the believer. I really believe that. It's going to be an opportunity for you. we got five minutes. Does anyone? Where's the guy with the mic? Jump on it. Anyone want to express? Remember I said, I always say, I think it's important for us to express Our love for our Savior, our love for our Jesus, our relationship with Him—openly—and this is your opportunity. We got time for a few. Anybody got to raise a hand? Want to say something about their Lord? Here we go, Clyde, right there.
0: I just want to say that I love Jesus more than I ever have. Um, But I do agree that it is not just our love for Him. We need to be out there sharing the word and. I'm just going to tell you, not only is it exciting, but it's a lot of fun. We've got something to talk about. Let's share it with people. We want them to go, too.
1: That's right. And your life isn't really trouble-free, is it? But you can still say that. Hey, man. Someone else. Ryan, over here. I believe in what Jesus has done for me, and He is my Lord and Savior, and I want to follow Him. Amen. That's what I'm talking about, a profession, just simply a profession profession out, confession out loud. Yes.
0: I, too, want to say that, uh, yeah, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. He has pulled me out of darkness. He has set my feet on a rock, and... Uh, I'd like to think that he's also my confidence. You were talking today about confidence. There's times where we lose our confidence, but in reality, not only is he he my righteousness, he is my confidence. If we all admit a little bit, we all have a little bit of confidence in ourselves, and sometimes that confidence gets shaken, but it's an opportunity to run to the throne and find our confidence in him. And so I want to praise him for that, that no matter where we're at, that he is our righteousness, he is our confidence. Good. Praise him for
1: that. Amen. Jesus is my powerful and precious Lord and Savior, and I want to follow him all the days of my life. Amen. Good. Anyone else? Two minutes. Here we go. Over here. I'm just thankful that I can put his, my trust in him. Um, like, I passed nursing school, and I finally passed the board's test, and just it was super hard failing that twice. So just putting my trust in him and his plans for me, giving the opportunities and just, um, yeah, his confidence. I don't want to stick second what he said over there. Just uh-huh. thankful for his trust and faith. Good. Thank you for sharing. Anyone else? One more. Okay. We'll close. I want to encourage you, when you get the opportunity, to share it often. Father, I want to thank you for your word. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you, Lord, that you didn't just leave us as orphans and you told us what to do and then left and didn't tell us how to get there, how to accomplish it. Lord, you gave us the tools we need. Thank you, Lord. I pray that you'll guide us, direct us through this year, this coming year. May we be your hands, your feet at work here in this world. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. You're already dismissed.